0: Welcome, travelers of the Spectral Streams. This is Daniel French, your pilot on the Chronosphere. We bring to you a new series, The Trial of Sir Ivan Sturgis, written by Simone G. Moore. Welcome to the fold, Simone. A warning, this story does contain uh, many elements of violence, and uh, sexual abuse and craziness like that. Hopefully at this point, you're already locked into your spatial suits and ready to experience as we pull in to the Chronosphere Fiction Bubbleverse of The Trial of Sir Ivan Sturgis. What's this about? Hey, back off, yeah. mutts. Hey! Get, get a hold of your dogs! Hang you. on! Ow! Ow.
1: Danger dogs!
0: Hey! Thank you. Sorry, Who i sorry. Was... Who sent you? I beg your pardon. Who sent you? I don't know what you're talking about. I was
1: just out for a walk. There are two signs posted along the perimeter of this property. Did you not see them? No. No, I didn't. One states rather clearly, no trespassing. The other, equally as clearly, states, trespassers will be shot.
0: Philip drags the body through the fallen leaves to a spot behind a giant oak tree. He grabs a handful of leaves and a thick black net comes up from the ground covered with more leaves. He carefully wraps the body in it and continues dragging it through the woods. The Dobermans walk on both sides of him. He drags the body to a detached cobblestone garage that doubles as a wood shop. Philip places the covered corpse inside of a closet. He closes and locks all the doors, then hides the shotgun under a wooden floorboard. The Doberman pack lays down quietly in a corner. He turns on a record player. Philip takes a leather apron from a wall hook, replacing it with his gray suit jacket. He removes his cufflinks, rolls up his sleeves, Loosens his skinny black tie, and puts on the apron. He lays various cutting tools on a table that includes a circular saw. He retrieves the lost man's body and slides it upon the table and starts to make quick work of it. When finished, Philip places the small chunks of fleshy remains in bags and puts them in a deep freezer. He cuts the heart into four parts and feeds a part to each Doberman. He watches as they eagerly devour them.
1: (laughs) Good boys.
2: I heard a gunshot nearby. Did something happen, son?
1: Oh, a trespasser. Don't worry, sir. I took care of it. As usual.
2: Good. I knew you would. A kiss? Have you been smoking again? I smell it on your breath and taste it on your lips with peppermint.
3: Oh.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry, father. Just one today. Outside, of course.
2: Such a nasty habit. I hate the day that you picked that up. It'll be the death of you.
1: I said I'm sorry, sir. At least I'm down to one now. I'll try to stop.
2: You will stop, or you'll be disinherited. I refuse to pay for your early burial. Is that clear?
1: Yes, sir. Very... Can I get you anything? I'm heading into town to the shop I'm low on cartridges
2: No, son Not anything I can think of at the moment
1: Right I shall return in an hour
2: or so You know I love you most, Phil
1: I know, father I know
3: Good afternoon, Mr. Sturgis
4: Good afternoon, Mr. McBrady Please state your full name for the court Yes, sir My name is Montague Edwin Sturgis Thank you
3: However, that is not your birth name, is it? No, sir Please state for the
4: court your birth name, Mr. Sturgis Sure It's Abel Hudson, sir According to my adoption papers I see And who renamed you? Sir Ivan Sturgis, sir he renamed all of us. And you are indeed
3: one of the eight adopted sons of defendant Sir Ivan Emmanuel Sturgis, correct? Correct, sir. Do you know the date of your adoption, Mr. Sturgis? Yes, sir. Right. Please advise the court of
4: it. Um, May 2nd, 1932, sir. How old were you upon adoption? I was aged six, sir. Of the eight of
3: you, which number were you? Mr. Sturgis.
4: I was taken right along with Sammy. Uh, uh, Samuel Sturgis, my co-plaintiff. I guess you could say I was number seven, sir.
3: Do you have any memory of your childhood prior to being adopted by Sir Ivan Sturgis?
4: Hmm. Not really, sir. Uh, Very little. I, I just remember a dark, gray place with lots of unmade beds. That's all.
3: For the record, Mr. Sturgis, Do you see the man who adopted you when you were six years of age in the courtroom today?
4: Uh, yes. Yes, sir, I do, sir.
3: Right. Also, for the record, would you please point him out now? That's him.
4: There. The one in the dark suit in the wicker wheelchair. Good, Mr. Sturgis.
3: By chance, do you remember your arrival at the Sturgis estate? Somewhat, sir. Tell us what you remember.
4: Hmm. I I remember being walked up some white marble steps to a giant set of wooden doors. They parted, and we, Sir Ivan, Samuel, and I, were greeted by a man in a butler's uniform. He's not the butler who works there now. Not sure what happened to him. At any rate, the next thing I remember is meeting with the other boys in a huge room aqua-colored walls, a grand piano in the corner, and lots of stuffed or taxidermied wild animals mounted on the walls. Eerie sight, really. None of the boys were smiling, you know. They were all seated, dressed in black blazers, with the Sturgis crest on their pockets and shorts. Wilfred, the eldest at the time, was seated at the chair far to the left, and he was just staring at me, not in a welcoming way. Wilfred. Wilfred Sturgis, correct?
3: Correct, sir. Would he, Mr. Wilfred Sturgis, be in the courtroom today, Mr.
4: Sturgis? Uh, no, sir. He was killed in action during the war. He was in the army. Sorry. He died a hero, sir. He was carrying an injured soldier on his back when, well, he was shot numerous times. How
1: dare you speak on Wilfred! You are not, and nor were you ever, worthy of breathing the same air. Ere that he did.
5: (laughs) Young man, I urge you to control yourself in this court. One more outburst, and I'll find you in contempt. Do you understand?
1: Yes, Your Honor. I understand completely.
5: Continue, Mr. McBrady. Thank you, Your Honor.
3: On a lighter note, did you enjoy growing up with your brothers? For the most part, yes. At first... At first? Yes, sir.
4: Care to elaborate, Mr. Sturgis? Well, despite the chilly welcome, I got on pretty well with Sammy, Kirk, and Chris. Not so much with the others. You see, it was made very clear from the beginning that Will and Phil were the stars of the mansion, and everything else for that matter. They were highly protected. Cameras were always around to capture every little thing they did. Reels covering them were shown in the theaters prior to the movie starting, you know. Will and Phil were highly protective of each other as well. If one of us younger boys tried to come near Will, Phil would push us away. And the same thing vice versa.
5: You know it's my place next to him. Take your place next to Dez. Sorry, I thought... Never mind what you thought. Go to your rightful place. (laughs) Bet you won't take this chair from me, eh? I'll take it from you and any other one of you lot that tries it again. All of you know full well it's my place next to Phil.
2: What's this? What's going on here? I
5: don't know, sir. Seems all of a sudden... Everyone wants to take my place next to Phil.
2: Nonsense. Kirkland, stop causing trouble, or you'll go back upstairs to your room without breakfast, do you hear? Yes, sir. This goes for all of you. If you wish to behave like animals, I'll send you back to the zoos I picked you up from. Each morning, you know to get yourselves in here and be seated in your proper places. Any of you who has a problem with that can graze your breakfast from the grass in the backyard. Understood?
4: Yes, Yes, Father. father. To this day, as you just saw, Phil is still highly protective of Will. Of his memory.
3: So, you didn't get on well with Wilfred
4: and Philip, the two eldest boys. What about the two others? Oh, you mean the two Negro boys, Desmond and Errol. We referred to them as Des and Moe. Well, they stayed mostly to themselves. Tucked away whenever the movie cameras showed up for the most part. Though everyone knew they were there. You two. Over there.
2: Is there something wrong? Uh, wrong, Mr. Sturgis? Yes. Those two.
0: Um, I don't see anyone with them, sir. Are there parents here?
2: They are with the rest of them. I am the parent. Oh, Oh, oh dear. I'm terribly sorry. I had no idea. I procured them from Lagos, Nigeria. They are my sons Desmond and Errol. They are to be included with the others. What? Did you assume they were the children of servants?
0: Well, sir, quite frankly, I didn't know what to believe. They were different from the others, that's all. If I had known...
2: Forget it. You two get over here. Position them accordingly. They do speak proper English, by the way. They have been educated in our ways and language as part of my personal experiment, to have them raised in the great white way, not as common savages. Right. Yes, sir. So far, Desmond has exceeded my initial expectations. Harold, on the other hand, will require more work.
3: Is Desmond here in court today, Mr. Sturgis? Yes, sir. For the record... Can you point him out, please? Thank you, Mr. Sturgis.
4: And Errol Sturgis, is he here today? No, sir. He is no longer with us either. Nor is Kirk. I miss Kirk.
3: Again. Sorry. Thank
4: you, sir. You mentioned another
3: brother. Chris? Chris Sturgis, correct?
4: Yes. Christian Sturgis. And I can tell you right now, he is not in this courtroom... You'll have better luck finding him in a nearby pub, sir. Damn right. Order! Order in the court! Mr.
5: Sturgis, please continue to keep your answers to only what is asked of you. Yes, Your
4: Honor. I apologize. Continue, Mr. McBrady.
5: Thank you, Your Honor.
3: Mr. Sturgis, you said that you relatively enjoyed your childhood at the Sturgis estate at first. So what eventually occurred that made you unhappy there?
5: Good day, Mr. Sturges. Good day, Mr. Wyatt. What can I do for you, sir?
1: Um, two boxes of the usual rifle cartridges. Also, some cleaning brushes. Rifle cleaning brushes. Of four. Right, sir. Oh, and two packs of unfiltered embassies, please.
5: Yes, sir. How's uh, Sir
1: Ivan doing these days? He's doing as well as can be expected. His illness, the upcoming trial, you know.
5: It's terrible what they're saying about the old man. All the good work he's done for those orphan boys. For you and your brothers especially. I agree.
1: Thank you, Mr. Wyatt. I'll let Father know you asked about him.
5: Please do. I wish him the very best. Well, welcome back, Miss Eva. What can I do for you today?
6: Who on earth is that gentleman? You don't recognize him? Oh, uh, should I?
5: Perhaps. Well, he's only one of the famous adopted sons of millionaire philanthropist Sir Ivan Sturgis.
6: Really? My goodness, which one? There are eight of them, aren't there?
5: Philip, the second adopted son.
6: Wait, doesn't he have an older brother named Will?
5: He did. Will was killed in battle, sadly. A shame, really. He
6: was a sweet little boy and a war hero. Oh, I had no idea Will was... uh... Well, look at that. He left this.
5: So he did. Don't worry, Miss Ava. I'll call him later and he'll probably fetch it tomorrow.
6: Don't you worry, Mr. Wyatt. I'll take it to him myself.
5: (laughs) Oh, good luck, young lady. The Sturges' mansion is protected like a fortress. They don't just let anyone in.
6: I think he'll make an exception in my case. Oh, I almost forgot what I came in for. Two packs of filtered Piccadillys, please. Excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Sturgis. Hello? Mr. Sturgis, I I have something you left at the shop.
1: Only you. Your car will remain where it is.
0: So apparently Eva Ladd grabbed that brush and uh, she got in her Volkswagen van and drove over to the Sturgis mansion and pulled up to a gate where Philip was walking up the steps into the door. He opened the gate for her a little bit and invited her in. That's where I'm gonna end this episode of the trial of Sir Ivan Sturgis, hopefully in order of appearance. The man on a walk, who was then murdered by Philip, was played by Daniel French. Philip Sturgis is voice acted by Mark Kalita. Carson McBrady, Esquire, is played by Mr. Jeff Moon. Montague Sturgis is played by Mr. Wesley Critchfield. Judge O'Connor, young Wilfred Sturgis, young Kirkland Sturgis, and Stanley, the shopkeeper, are all played by Mr. Spencer J. Frederick. His Lordship, Sir Ivan Sturgis, is played by the master, Pete Lutz. Young Errol Sturgis is played by the also young Caitlin Curtis. The director of the documentary is played by Daniel French. And Eva Ladd is played by Anne Greist. Stay tuned to Chronosphere Fiction because the trial of Sir Ivan Sturgis has many little plot twists and surprises to come. And there are at least three more episodes. So to my loyal and my new Spectral Streams travelers, I give you only this advice. Keep your keep cosmos your, keep clean. Your cosmos 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 cosmos.